0: It's a new split, and that means it's time for a new Euphoria podcast. I'm Dracos, joined by none other than Andrew Vettius Day. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. I've Um, executed cage He's dead. He's, dead. <laughs> He's just gone.
1: We fought in a battle for and supremacy. And a Gurin just slipped, slipped <laughs> you a couple dollars yeah. on yeah. PayPal. I'm a tier three you, sub. You, you, know, you, took, you, you know. walked into those 1v1s. <laughs> yeah.
0: You absolutely outplayed him by standing under your tower menacingly, baiting his alt in. It yep. was a beautiful thing. Uh, now, Cajal's out sick today. Um, hopefully, he'll be better and fine and good. Um, he just had, uh, he was sick last night, didn't sleep super well. So he might even be feeling better already today, but we took him out, gave him the benefit of the doubt, gave him some time to heal. So. Don't be surprised if you see him grinding soullessly (laughs) League of Legends. Why is that challenge a month long? We'll never know, but we're not here to talk about that today. That's a different subject. We are, of course, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the summer season rosters. We're going to check in with Leader and talk about the brand new Vitality, as well as give you our matchups to watch this coming weekend. But before we get into the nitty-gritty we, I need to, we need to have a little bit of behind-the-scenes discussion because these caster ads came out recently. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, so I, I, it's my pleasure to write for some of these caster ads, yep. but anytime Vetti's in an ad, <laughs> uh, I write, normally I write like 90% of a script. You give talent like 10%, who's ever on the day to adjust to how they want to talk about it, to adjust the concept the producer can adjust it to, you know, whatever's going to work. When you write a script for Vetti, anyone out there who wants to write a script for Vetti, open call. Um, <laughs> you write like 70 60 to 70 percent of a script. Even that you kind of give a guideline. You (laughs) give Betty a set and some props and a general theme or objective, and the man makes magic. You know what I mean? Like he just he just does, and it's a production nightmare, to be fair. I think he increases the timeline of any product he's on, but I wanna know with that in mind. Because I'll tell you that Odawamne ad was banging, but that's not what I wrote at all. So, <laughs> what? what?
1: <laughs> Talk to me you about okay, your shoot experience. Why don't you tell me what your pitch was,
0: and then I will tell you
1: what happened.
0: Okay, so the original pitch was yep. we wanted to cover some aspect of content because we had this like Void VO thing, and we had this like caster interview thing, okay. right? And so we wanted, the original pitch was you're introducing Odawamne how to make picks to watch under the event that you're sick, and you're like... He's asking you all these questions about like, hey, how do you pick the champs? What do you do? What do you do? And he's suggesting all of these like really normal things that would make sense like statistics and you're laughing them
1: off. Right, right, right. You're like, uh,
0: what? no, that's, that's, you're like, no, that's all highly unreliable. I'm not someone with an, I'm not a Black Clover fan. I need a little bit more than that to like, you know, give me some, I, I need to be able to see further than just what's directly in front of me. Right, You know, I can, right. I'm not just the average Redditor. I need more. Sure. You know? And so you reveal your secret, which is the prophet, which remained, God bless, original it was a sheep but that one then was a goat and then it became a chicken large animals hard <laughs> yeah. when you write things you know some the the, the, the privilege of writing is that you could imagine any animal you want there mm-hmm. yeah. and then a producer can say to you we can't get a goat dude what the hell no, you couldn't have a goat you, you couldn't a have a sheep. Have, nope. a mini horse also not an option <laughs> yeah. weird so the next most hilarious animal we could get our hands on was a chicken
1: yeah so i was talking okay so basically patrick was our producer, Patrick's a pretty new producer. You've probably heard his mention like Margot and Dennis before, maybe even Phil, because Phil produces a lot of uh, well, oh, he's yeah. producing this. <laughs> um, but Patrick, pretty new producer. Um, and so he came to me with a pitch. Um, the first thing I said was, I ain't doing a sheep, there are too many people, they'll make too many jokes, I ain't happening. Um, Welsh uh, life, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm fine, but like, let's um. Uh, I'm still on PT. So after MSI ended, I took two weeks off, basically. So the last two weeks, I've not really looked at the game. <laughs> not have I looked at work. I have like 50 emails in my inbox that I saw this morning. I was like, oh, I'll check those later. Um, <laughs> Surprise, time for euphoria. <laughs> yeah. Kandrel's <Yeah>. sick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wild yeah. guard, so, baby. So yeah,
1: I showed up, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm here. And And I showed up on set And I'd, like, read the script. I told Patrick I didn't like it, but we'll figure it out later. (laughs) And then I got there on the the day. And the first thing I thought of was, like, so it needs to make sense as to why Odo is here. Um, That was the first thing that came to mind. And then the next thing we needed to figure out was, like, okay, well, once we figured out why Odo is here, what makes sense for my character? Because the thing, Draco Snows is very well, like, what you guys see on camera is actually not. Well, it kind of is me, but it isn't me because I hate. It's exaggerated. Yeah. It, like, I hate playing myself. I always feel like I have to play a character, right? Shit. I have to play someone. Um, so when. Uh, for those that know me, like I like to make like very egotistical jokes, right? That's um, true. Uh, I make a lot of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes the line is blurred yes, on Sometimes is. The there isn't a joke yes. anymore, yes.
1: Um, but that was kind of the persona that I wanted with Odo, which was that like I am the beacon of all content and that I can do no wrong. And that Odo was so impressed with me that he wanted to be my protege. And so that was the universe that I then created. And obviously Odo's the perfect character for that because he's the exact opposite of that because Odo is impressed by absolutely nothing. And so when he showed up on the shoot, we said, we just need you to be yourself. And he said, thank you. I am so grateful for this um, because I love just being myself. And we're like, great. So you just be yourself. So I'm just going to say things to you and we just want you to do your normal reaction. Okay, and he's like, sure. So I then read the script to him, and his line's like, that's horrifying. That was him. That was all him. That was just Odo Amne just being himself. <laughs> and like, we definitely did a couple takes, mm-hmm. but like all those lines were just Odo Amne just reacting to what he... So he wasn't acting there. Everyone's like, wow, Odo's such a good actor. He's like, he was just being himself. Yeah. Which is that's casting. Yeah, is casting. Odo Amne is the Jack yeah, Black yeah. of esports, of e-sports yeah. casting. Um, yeah, and then, uh, so... The chicken wasn't my idea, but um, yeah, I just kind of like, as you rightly said, I was given a scene where was just like, just kind of put yourself in it. And the things I came up with was it needs to make sense for who I am it needs to make sense for Odo Uh I think it came out well I liked it I liked it uh, I like Jules as well right, we I, did it was, good. I love I absolutely love that Cadril showed up for a two second scene yeah. <laughs> I was like why is Cadril called when does Cadril show up and then he was just there um, <laughs> I was just like why my, why boys, are my boy's getting paid you know, two second <laughs> appearance <laughs> Uh, no the best part of that Uh, they
0: they cut a bunch of the stuff out because kind of similar to you we just had the sandbox where there's the middle where i'm just supposed to do weird stuff at Whippo. but they cut out the clip where i just barked at him at a dog and then he barked back at me and i'm hoping i can get that clip someday so keep that's the final note for this (laughs) section but someday you will get the clip of me and Whippo barking at each other back and forth i don't know when or how i will receive
1: that clip patrick but uh as a small note that um is also a great thing so you know they do media days yeah um I found out from Reckless Stream that what they also make the players do is dance. And all of the players do this. Literally all of them. Some of them decline, but the Ollie will ask all of them to dance. You Excuse- will put some music on and they will dance in front of the green screen. And so he sent me the link of Reckless Dancing. So I have that. And we've never used it on broadcast, but I do have Reckless Dancing. We have used Caps and Yanko's dancing on broadcast before. Um, but apparently We have footage of almost all of the pro players down there. All 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 I'm saying is is you sold
0: Cajun out for whatever Gurren paid you already. (laughs)
1: Chat, (laughs) fundraise. What do you want?
0: We need that footage out in the wild. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, like, you'll have to talk to the media guys, the guys that make all of our hype videos every week. They're Mm -hmm, the guys that mm -hmm. have the secret footage, but there's all kinds of secret footage behind the scenes that... um, It's actually a slippery slope because they do also record everything that we say behind the scenes. It's true. Everything. Everything.
0: Everything.
2: <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Maybe risky. Maybe a risky. Maybe we don't want to start the trend. I mean, anyway, if you want I'll say rest- on this
1: podcast what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so who we start with? That's a great question. <laughs> all
0: right. So let's jump into the summer season roster rundown thing. That was just a little behind the scenes on the content. video, and I both really love making that content. I hope you guys enjoyed watching and shout out to you. all the publishing producers that we work with this time around. It was Patrick, his first set of these cast ads that did a great job. But we are now going to run through all 10 rosters um we're doing this because this has been just an absolutely insane off season. normally we wouldn't do this kind of thing in summer because usually there's like one maybe two changes sven and Mithy went from origin to g2 once that was like the craziest do you remember off those stats
1: had. i remember our stats team telling us ages ago where they were like we had one season where we went from spring to summer and there were like so many roster changes but it was weird but it wasn't even that many but it was so weird because of how rare it actually was. I mean, it's um, it's super, and I don't know the exact numbers, but even
0: just, just thinking back, like more often than not, like you think back to like the Misfits world runs, like Maxlore came in for cacao. That was like the only significant change. You had like uh, Mickey in the Splice lineup in like 2017. That was a significant change. 16. 16. 2016, that was 2016. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but like the, more often than not, it's like one, maybe two changes. Yeah, you normally I mean? it's not very common because people like commit... Well, it's like two-year contracts that people are normally on. Yeah. Um, and so usually at the very least they run with a roster for the year, maybe making one or two changes based on like subs or like yeah. maybe a player really doesn't fit into a team. Um, and normally it's also the bottom half teams that make changes. Yeah, the
0: top, why the top half teams who are winning
1: like... They never. usually don't change it. Like, I mean, we haven't seen any changes for Rogue. Haven't seen any changes for Mads. G2, they obviously yeah. haven't made. They brought in Nelson, which is going to be interesting actually cool. uh but we'll talk a little bit about it later um yeah but yeah to, to see the fanatic changes was was surprising and we're going to save the best for last because fanatic and yeah, vitality
0: yeah. are the juicy ones and people if you want to skip ahead i respect it well, we're going to go through everything because there's a ton of changes not just the fanatic ones but we'll go through every roster just to give everyone their time in the spotlight we will keep it brief though on the rosters that are not as well it's just just not as exciting you know sure. not as not as crazy and we'll start with mad lions And again, Mad Lions, fantastic MSI performance. Unsurprisingly, after that, have decided to keep the same roster. Thank you. There's a lion picture in the background, (laughs) a glad lion picture, if you're in podcast land, that is now supporting our talking points here. But Armut, Elioia, Humanoid, Karzi, Kaiser. This is the roster. They went to MSI. Yay. First in playoffs, third regular season. I think it's... I think there's not really a lot to cover here. I think this is a team that we expect to continue to be contesting the top. But I do think it's important to call out, and I don't know what your read on this, Fetty, is, is that I don't think... Unlike the G2s of past, I don't think that you instantly assume that Mad Lions are winning everything right off the bat in the same way that we kind of gave that benefit of the doubt to G2 2019 or Fnatic 2018. This feels like a team, this is still going to be a really tight regular season race. And we still expect really close best of fives from this team when they we feel like inevitably do make it to playoffs.
1: So what was interesting was um, I spoke to Mac a lot during um, MSI. Getting his input on like meta, how the team was doing, just general insight. And he never spoke to me about this, but Armour did speak about it, which was the the kind of like burnout that he seemed to be experiencing, yeah. which is something that I think a lot of us take for granted um, because G2 and Fnatic have been like our representatives for so long. They have so much experience and something that we've heard like those players talk about a lot in the past was, I mean, even after 2019 worlds grabs coming into 2020, was talking about how like, they wanna take spring split really easily. They don't wanna like over prep. They were scrimming like two days a week or something. Um, Whereas Mad Lions was like, from the beginning, how the growth that they made within the split to then win the split to then immediately into MSI, where you're then plunged against the best teams in the world, um, it's a lot. So in terms of expectations, I think that they met those expectations. The fact that they took down one to five games, I think was impressive. Yeah. Because when we watched back that game, we could see that they were pushed to their absolute limit in their wins. And then they got stomped in their losses. So I think that the stronger team definitely won and draft was a huge factor in what ultimately gave Mad Lions an ability to to fight back. But um, I think that they kind of like their rate of growth is already so fast that Mm -hmm. i don't think they could just keep up with that growth right um and so i hope that coming back now into summer i mean apparently i saw kazi tweeting that they start scrims today i think or they started scrims yesterday yeah which is so like normal i think well not usually a lot of scrims already started scrimming like two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah Yeah. so um i'm hoping that they're rested and like they don't burn themselves out at the beginning of summer of course, they don't want to be losing a lot at the beginning of summer because these early wins really do matter. Yeah. Um, but I hope that they, like, learned a lot from that because they they come to appreciate a little bit more that that long span of playing. We yeah. we, we talk about a lot how, like, the year is a very long year, um, but I think that El Yoy is still a player definitely worth watching. Humanoid and Kazi had a great tournament. Kaiser had his up-and-down performance. I know Armut got, like, A decent amount of criticism. And for me, one of the big things for him and for Mad Lions in general, this draft, I think that he seems to mainly play carries. And maybe that is just the meta right now with Lee Sin, Jace being the Mm go-to. But I want to see a little bit more diversification in what Mad Lions are actually capable of. What can they do? Because I think that's ultimately why they lost to Damwon. Damwon had more tools in their kit. Showmaker could literally play any mid laner that he wanted to. Uh, and make it work that's true Uh, that was uh that was a little tough sometimes and i think that when we saw g2 succeed in the past they had very diverse very open ended drafts where they could kind of play through anyone and through anything and i definitely think mad lions have the potential to do that it's not just about getting those deeper champion pools constantly adapting and evolving with the meta yeah and um yeah i think that they're definitely an exciting team to watch especially because of how talented elio is and what he can do um and i think that. uh yeah that that growth that trajectory i'm curious as to how how far they'll keep going with the the upward trend that they've already been on
0: yeah and i think it's safe to say that one thing for fan expectations is that we've seen pretty consistently from from g2 who's been a representative for the last few years there's a trend that these first few weeks mad lions might struggle to adapt might struggle to get back into it they've had less practice time they might not hit the ground running and i think that mad lions fans should know that that's okay yeah but at the end of the day this is still a team that has really high expectations i mean right now you're talking about what they need to do to beat Damwon the next time around which is already such a big credit you know and they're not playing Damwon so I think that again if you're a fan it meant looking at Mad Lions no surprise to you probably but Mad Lions is a team where they expect great things from and a lot of their split is going to be decided I think uh, about how the competition looks around them and if they can keep up as you said some of that rate of growth the next team I want to talk about is a team that has had some roster changes and to me some very surprising roster changes Schalke Nulfir uh, Broken Blade, Kire Nuclear Int, Neon, Limit, Kire Nuclear Int, two new players, Gilius gone, Abadage gone, Abadage of course. Um, shout out to him, he's an NA with 100 Thieves, good on him, you know, want nothing for the best from him, but for Schalke, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is, and again, don't know a ton about Nuclear Int, want to see him perform well, but Abadage was a known quantity and was a pretty solid mid laner. He had a pretty mediocre start to his career, admittedly, but everyone's going to remember the Faker-Dage performance, and I think that when I was at the Schalke house and I was talking to Schalke, Dylan had nothing but great things to say about Abidage and his individual performance. This is a guy who was getting better and better, and it feels like uh, I can understand if Schalke wanted to, you know, to sell a player or wanted to, or if abadage wanted to go. But this does not feel like, until proven otherwise, this does not look like a buff
1: coming in for <laughs> Schalke. Yeah, I um, I don't think that this is necessarily a, a huge upgrade. Um, Abidage was very good. And I think that when we look at his most recent split in particular, he he proved that he is definitely a top mid laner in Europe and he can compete and he's made some pretty significant growth. Uh, I didn't actually watch his game closely in North America. I think they're like 1-1 or something right now. Uh,
0: yeah, I, uh, I watched the Viego games to see what the hell Viego does. Yeah. Spoiler, it's not very exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah. until um, he does the one thing that he does and then it's exciting, but then it's back <laughs> to being boring. Uh but yeah, actually I haven't kept up that much with any
1: um case, so. but the thing about Abadage was that he had grown in the same way that I think Nemesis and Larson and humanoid did, which was that, yeah. like the next generation of mids, right? Because um, I think he actually came in alongside humanoid and Nemesis, from what I recall. And then Larson came in a little bit after both of them, uh all, yeah. th- all three of them. But in any case, I think that abadage was a large part of what made that team super strong, and he was like a, a clutch factor, a playmaker, and, and really important to the team. Nuclear Int is pretty fresh; he's been playing since 2019, end of 2019, still, and he's been on a couple different teams. Um, and while they did qualify for EU Masters, they didn't have the strongest performance. Fortunately, I, don't, I haven't done as much prep as I would have liked to yet. Yeah, uh, we did <laughs> kind of call you in <laughs> last <laughs> minute, didn't um, we? Thank but <laughs> uh, Nuclearent, uh, from what I remember from Masters, because I did watch that a lot, was not super standout. And that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean a lot because um, EU Masters has a lot of factors going into it. So I'm not going to uh, judge my opinion of him purely because of that. But it's hard for me to believe that. A rookie on the LEC well, is going to match the same level of experience that Abadage has. And I don't think it's fair to also put that responsibility on him. Oh, I agree. Um, so I'm not saying that he can't live up to what Abadage eventually became, but simply as a result of him being new, um, I think that's, yeah, it, it seems to me like Shalker in the off season, wasn't super invested on trying to like make the strongest possible roster. Right. I feel like that they made small adjustments to give them a solid roster for summer split. Yep. Um, and I think that they got nuclear in from their from their uh Masters team and they brought in Kirei. I'm actually not sure where they got Kirei from because was he also on Schalke or is, well? no, he wasn't. He was on Games no. Origin beforehand. Yeah. Um, and, I mean Kyrie has a do with a lot of history, right? He's a guy yeah, who a lot of
0: history played for MSI, <laughs> played for the Misfits lineup, played for like Kirei's been all over the scene, he's always been solid. I think he's never been one of the big standouts. He's had a few games and a few moments across his career on LEC main stage where he's really, or international stage where he's really popped off and he's really had those moments. But he's never been a consistent name uh, name on, you know, and I think that that it's kind of like up in the air how good he's going to be because Gilius was obviously always kind of a controversial figure. He was always it felt like he was either popping off or he was doing very much very little, as was the case in a lot of his like Nidalee games, for example. But obviously the right. tank Hecarim favored him a lot. So I think I think when we look at this roster, just to kind of wrap this up, so we don't spend too long on Schalke here, it's I don't think it's reasonable to expect more from this roster than you did from the previous roster coming to the split. I would say that, unless proven otherwise, I assume that they're placing lower
1: than the previous or that this will be a weaker roster than the previous show. that would be my expectation yeah um they finished fourth last split i would be surprised if they finished fourth again yeah um and that was a close finish i think making playoffs even i think will be difficult
0: oh you'll I, I, I think i think i think the thing is is that i see Abadage. i see gilius as two
1: people who were working on this team for a while and i know there's mixed opinions again but i think that I mean, so the way I look at it is the teams that qualified outside of the big four in Fnatic, G2, Mad Rogue was yep. um, Schalke and SK. And originally, I remember at playoffs, we were like, Schalke-SK was 5-6. Yep. Um, but I think you would knock SK out and maybe put Vitality in if you want, just sure. arbitrarily. Right? Um, and so I think that Schalke could still make playoffs with this roster, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think a lot will depend on how the other teams rise up
0: around them. Because I'm looking at Misfits. Sure. And again... I talk to Deficio all the time, so maybe maybe <laughs> I'm just talking to Deficio too much. Yeah, um, I think you are. He like, <laughs> I think he's there. He sneaks in code words when we exercise together, just like hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, great set, bro. Like yeah. VTO. <laughs> oh, you're doing good, 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 good pump there, buddy. Uh, you know. But uh, this was a team that was getting better once they figured out that playing through VTO was the right strategy. This was a team sure. that was stepping up. And so when we look at Misfits, it's like Misfits are another team on this list. And again, same roster: hear it, Razwork, VTO, Kabe Vander. Um, this is. This is a lineup that I think could contest that spot. And I do remember back to how insanely close fourth, fifth, sixth was because it was that giant messy tiebreaker um, where Schalke, Schalke won the tiebreaker in the end with a 9-9 scoreline. But that entire split was like... That entire end of that season was tenuous. You remember it was like really just an absolute mess those last two, which by the way, I love. I really hope we get more of that. But that that entire final split was a, was a bit of a mess. So I think to, last on Schalke... I think you're totally right. I think it's fair to put Shocker in playoffs. But I think that when we look at a team like Misfits and we start talking about Misfits, I think Misfits are a team that I expect a little bit more from. Not because I think that their players have like undergone some undergone some great big character change over the offseason or anything like that. I just think that they were getting better towards the end of the split and they've kept a roster, which is weirdly rare. Again, in the spring to summer, it is
1: a couple (laughs) top teams. Sure. And Misfits and everyone else is just changing everything. Sure, sure, sure. So Misfits. 2019 spring, 8th. 2019 summer, ninth. Yes. 2020 spring, they ended 5th. They yeah. got knocked out first round of playoffs, so 6th. And then summer, they went 8th. Bam. So over the last... <laughs> in 2019, 2020, <laughs> they've gone from decent to worse. True. Right? That's- that has just been their trajectory, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that due to that, you know, obviously a number of factors are at play, but their track record is... Not that good. No, it's very um, bad. <laughs> can it's safe to say Misfits have an absolutely trash track yeah. And um, the, the one time where it got better, where they went from seventh to fourth, that was the roster with Alfari, Han Summer, and Mickey on it. Um, that was a good roster. <laughs> um, so I, I just, it's one of those things where I will no longer ever believe in Misfits. I think that from an organization standpoint, something is going wrong internally. Um, and I'm really happy that they are keeping this roster because mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. But I think that's... Something is going on there. I mean, you and don't, don't, need, don't yeah, know you what don't, it is. Yeah, you
0: don't need to give more content. Like, <laughs> I feel you.
1: Like you only need to get burned so many times yeah. before
0: you stop believing. And, and to be clear, I think what you're trying to say, you're not putting it on the players. It's not, not. these five players' fault that you don't believe in Misfits. It's yes. Misfits' yes. fault yeah. that you yeah. don't yeah. believe in misfits. It's they misfits. They just keep losing because
1: it's one of those things where, like, um, I mean, like, it, it, you can partly put it on the players because again, they're the ones that show up on the Rift, right? And they're the ones that. Have oh, to I mean, to play, yeah, right. but this roster, you're not blaming this roster for 2019, 2018. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not because like it's one of those things where that it doesn't matter what iteration of misfits there is it seems that this trend seems to occur right which to me suggests that there's something internal rather than is regardless of what roster they have something just seems something to be going is gone right yeah. and i don't know what that is and i'm not going to speculate either because i think that's unfair but that's why it's hard for me to just sit there and blindly have faith in in misfits because sure they they had a an okay spring Okay is the kindest word out because they finished 8-10. Towards the end of the split, they were on an upwards trajectory. VTO, I think, kind of solved a little bit his champion pool issues, which was that he could only play Zoe at the start. When he didn't get Zoe, he didn't look as good. His Syndra and his Victor looked meh. Like, um, but once he started finding more champions towards the end of the split, he definitely started to look a lot more confident. And they were what? If they'd won one more game, they could have been in yeah, contention for Yeah, they could have. I mean, they
0: were in seventh. And again, um, yeah, they talked about, it. the team talked about it, right? They figured out more that they just kind of have to, I don't know if they have to, but that playing through VTO is what works for yeah. them. Razork spending a lot more time mid lane, a lot less time And I thought else. like
1: Herrett he had a lot of promising showings and I was kind of up on him and then he didn't and then he did and then he didn't and so I'm like what What am I supposed to think? So my opinion of Misfits is that like sure, they have good players I've seen the potential of their players but... I don't know if I can necessarily trust that coaching staff to help develop these players just well, yet. And it's also uh, it's
0: new coaching staff. I believe Enatron stepped away. Uh, and they have someone else, they they announced their coaching staff, but it was a giant, like there was like an eight-person Twitter graphic and included everyone. <laughs> right. So outside of Heva, and I think Candy Floss, Candy Floss, great name. That name sticks with me. I don't know you, but your name stuck with me. Candy Floss and Heva, a lot of people in that staff. So there are changes behind the scenes too. So I think. What I'll say is, I agree. If you're if you're skeptical of misfits, I think everyone has a right to be skeptical of misfits. Sure. I think it's fair to say they have high ceilings, but the "I believe it when I'll see it" mentality holds true for a lot of our teams yeah. that don't regularly make it into playoffs. Um, our next team, however, is not one of those teams. It's G two Esports, Wonder, Yankos, Caps, Reckless, Mickey X. You know them. I mean, you the failures.
1: That's a you the are. absolute <laughs> failure. You want to talk about
0: a team that you can't put your faith in? <laughs>
1: I mean, the benchmark <coughs> shifts, right? What did you just knock over? No, I threw my phone down in rage. <laughs> and frustration. Fell, sure. That was all... You were representing all G2 fans yeah, yeah. right there. Oh, third place! Third place! Ah. Imagine,
0: imagine being sad about third place when like, the Astralis <laughs> fans are like, please, uh, just a crumb.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so why do you want to start with G2? I mean, I think we just we just talk about kind of wrapping it up, what we expect you we we actually so the thing to know about us is that because g2 go to international events the teams we usually know the best are the teams internationally because that's when we can shamelessly ask teams what is getting played in scrims in the regular season we try to keep it pretty chill because we don't want anyone to accidentally give away any information that they don't want to go to but in worlds the eu teams we're best friends they tell (laughs) us what the meta is we find out (laughs) half the time they're wrong and they're running it down but that's that good stuff so we i think we both know this team pretty well um but do you, what's your read? Is this are we is this G two rising? Are they going to be right back on top, or is,
1: are you well, sweating for G two? So I think we should start by talking about the issues that they faced in spring. Sure. So the first one was this concept of leadership. We heard them talking about it in a couple of interviews, which was that like Yankos has kind of had to step up because what Perks was was a large voice, which should come as a surprise to no one because when we think about it, right, that all those players talk, but when I sit there and I like maybe. Maybe it's harder for fans. I, I actually just know a lot of the G2 players very well. Yeah. And like, when I sit there and think of Caps, very talented player, but he's not a leader. He's hey, not just someone chill. He's just he's very just, relaxed. Right? Yankos very vocal, but actually someone that in my history has never been someone that like, Makes a lot of the decisions. He just communicates a lot, yeah. right? Uh, Wonder is just kind of in an island doing his own thing, chilling, right? Mickey never been the most vocal player ever, uh, and Reckless kind of had the responsibility of being a leader. But coming on G two, that was not his expectation, well, right? And he explicitly
0: said because we've, I mean, we've talked to Reckless a lot, right? Obviously, a very historic player, but he specifically said in the past that he didn't. People have tried to put him in that role before, and he he has tried to take it on, but ultimately, he he feels like he plays worse. He feels right. like it isn't good for him to take that role. So I think. You can't really – maybe people did expect that role from Reckless. He's a veteran. People na- naturally associate those two things
1: together. But I think that sure. Reckless has been vocal that that's not the position that he likes to be in. Right. So when um, when you don't have a leader, I think that – I mean like like Vitality does. I <laughs> 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 um, uh I think that it can be difficult to help find an identity. And what they relied on a lot during the regular season was their individually skilled players. But it was fascinating because I spoke to some coaches and teams and they were like, you can beat G2 if you remove some of the agency. So if you force them to play a comp that is like standard, quote unquote, they're actually going to struggle more than they are with the crazier comps that give all of their individuals a huge amount of agency because the agency is actually kind of what... um, overshadows the whole leadership aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But as you get closer and closer to playoffs and the meta is more refined and defined, uh, that role and that identity of a team is actually more and more important. And I think that that was something that they struggled to find. Um, So I think that that's something that they've been working on primarily moving into summer. And hopefully Yankos now feels a little bit more comfortable in that role and taking on the responsibility. If it even is him, I don't know what G2 has come on uh, with saying. And, and maybe they actually think this isn't as much of a, an issue as, as I believe it was. Yeah. Um, but the other big thing was uh, comfort now uh reckless spoke about this on his stream where he basically said that he wanted to play champions that he felt that he was really comfortable on and that he had practiced a lot and he was actually one of the big advocates for the karma he was the one proposing and suggesting it because he believed it strong and he had i mean they all talked about it their read on the meta ended up not being quite as accurate or as strong as they thought it was um but then he didn't necessarily have fullback champions because he didn't he wasn't as comfortable on them so in the off I don't know if anyone saw Records' Streams, but he was just perma-spamming Duo Queue with Mickey in the Diamond 1 thing that you do with the master tier, Yeah, right? you dodge, stay yeah. in Diamond 1, yeah, which yeah. is questionable. Um, but but yeah, they were primarily... wanted. Do. They wanted to play against the um, the teams that were here, too. So he loved playing against, like, the Darn Ones and the RNGs and uh, the PSGs and, and everyone, basically, that, w- that was here in the US Solo Queue. But he didn't decide anything. Mickey picked their bot lanes for everything, right? They played Camille's support, they played Elise support, Galio support. They played everything. And uh, all Reckless did was say, what AD carry works with this? Mickey would give him a list, and then he would just pick one. And so they played absolutely every bot lane. And he was sitting there trying to explain that he's doing this because he's good enough to play all these champions. Because he's played them all before. But he just needs the confidence to be able to to just then bring them out to whenever yeah. the need comes to be right and it was crazy because you know that i've actually been told and spoken about this callista priority for him when he played for Fnatic. He's going like oh, yeah. they don't play callista callista was really big in the meta he refuses to play nope, it never saw and, it.
0: reckless callista and, and absolutely then not. and then i
1: saw three games in a row of him and mickey <gasps> just playing callista Thresh, callista something else they played the callista galio i think they also did yeah. and they also did other crazy stuff um but like it seems that he has identified what he considers a problem uh, and he wants to fix um and he's been working really closely with mickey to do that and he hasn't been streaming much so i don't know what the status of that is because i got all of that information just from watching his stream <laughs> um uh, which by the way i would recommend He is really informative and, and he's he's a genuine joy to watch when it comes to that but um um i would say that i wouldn't be worried oh the other thing uh um last note last cadrell note. said this as well which was that caps has only been grinding so he hasn't streamed at all he streamed once last week but all of msi and he has just been perma grinding uh that man has been uh, i think he was super frustrated after the loss and i don't think he likes losing so i think that like individual ability is something that i would probably like i'm really excited to watch uh for these players coming back um but also like what will their drafts look like now Is kind of what I'm excited to be because, like, maybe I'm talking out my backside and maybe none of that was an issue. Again, a lot of this is just me kind of gathering from Putting the Reckless pieces is, together yeah. from the information that's um, publicly
2: available, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, it, it seems to me that they, they're they motivated, they're hungry, they're really driven to win. And I think that that is when G2 is at their scariest, right? That's when they've always been scary. Yeah,
0: and I and I agree. And I think that like all the players grinding, I think you have to be optimistic. I think Reckless was very outspoken when he joined this G2 roster about how he wanted to be the guy that could like to fit into this atmosphere, to play everything. It's sad that that didn't work or that he felt felt like it didn't work in playoffs. But I think the thing about G2 is that what i g2 aren't automatically the clear favorites to win everything i think they're now in in that list with mad and rogue and g2 which i think you just put as the three teams that like if you wanted to take bets on who was going to win the split you'd put one of those three names on your list whatever your reasons are are probably fine but optimism for g2 looking at improvement with a meta that seems to have a lot of um very powerful solo lane champions and flex picks maybe we see a stronger g2 but let's shift our attention to you're not casual which is great because (laughs) you don't have any baggage with this next team Let's talk. Uh, you know, about I was it.
1: on the first Excel roster. right eh?
0: You have so much baggage. <laughs> everyone has baggage with Excel. Why does everyone have baggage with If you're with British,
1: Excel? you've been associated with Excel in some capacity. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, um
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, wow, there's a great follow-up joke here. I'm not gonna make Excel esports anyway. Their <laughs> roster. Let's go through because this is a weird. This is a weird one. Yeah, this is a weird one. So we've got cries, Dan. Yes, you know Patrick's still 80 carry, but now we've got Nuke Duck in the mid lane. We've got Denick, who was uh, acquired from Misfits as their support. So I'm gonna say you, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my initial feelings, and you just tell me. You,
1: sure. You, you, you bounce go ahead. It, you go
0: off that. So there's a lot of weird energy in this roster. <laughs> weird energy. Okay. Weird energy is how I describe it. So go one, go. Nuke Duck. Now a lot of fans are immediately, I think, going to be like, "Ooh, Nuke Duck. But I'm like, Nukeduck always had a solid ceiling. He really struggled to hit it on Origin. But he's a player that has historically been very good. And even when he was not fantastic on stage, he's a player that always when talking to other players about scrims and how this guy performed, he was always in other mid... He's like your mid laner's favorite mid laner. That's sure. how I would describe yep. it. Probably yep. not favorite, but like on your, your, mid, your favorite mid laner's top three, top four list domestically, right? Like Nukeduck was always on that short list. So I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's probably unfair based on his historic results, but this whole thing, this whole offseason, there's a bunch of drama here associated with this whole Excel thing. I'm not going to get into it, but you guys can Google it if you want to. But this whole offseason for Excel has been kind of crazy. Um, Denik, I, acquiring Denick was very good, but the whole Duck lab thing was got a little weird. Um, but I'm just, I look at this roster and I go, this is just, this is just weird. Because Denick isn't a player that like historically has always made playoffs. Torrey has had some pretty solid results. You know, you can tell me that like, okay, Denick's going to be an upgrade for the team environment. I can believe you, but I don't, I don't know what Excel are trying to do here, I guess is what I don't understand. Is, sure. this, is this like, we need to make playoffs at all costs, so we're betting super hard on Nuke Duck and Denick who both had kind of underwhelming previous splits? Because it's not investing in young talent. And Kieran was very vocal publicly about how he felt like that BTXL roster, which is great in E Masters, by
1: the way, making it all the way to finals. He's yep. like, we believe in these guys.
0: But then, like, why aren't those guys?
1: But well, didn't promoted? you see the, the announcement? Something came out recently that said that they were offered, but they declined. Oh yeah, Mac. Uh, it's not Mac Noon, uh, but he has a very similar Markoon. S- Markoon, yes, Markoon. Uh, Markoon and their support, who I've forgotten the name of as well. But both of them were offered, and apparently this is a rumor. Okay, this All is right. a rumor. that I read, but it was on Reddit the uh, yesterday or the day or the day before. But there was a rumor that said that they were offered uh, spots in the starting roster, and they both declined. Um, shit okay that's not a good look i don't know how to follow up on that i don't want to dwell on that because that's not a good look if that's true but again it's a rumor but i mean it could be all kinds of things so like i don't know how much time you want to spend on this let's let's
0: like, let's let's cut through the because i don't want to spend any time speculating i don't want to spend any time okay just tell me do you, like what's your read on what this roster is supposed to achieve and do you <laughs> think that they will get there is this roster built to make playoffs or are they built to survive a split is this the future of Excel? Like, when you look at this roster, what is a reasonable expectation for this roster?
1: So I'm going to preface what I say with I'm not a pro player, okay? That's and true. I, and I haven't been, right? I was amateur, but as I said, I played for Excel back in the UK premiership. True. That was a long time Intimate ago. knowledge of how <laughs> Excel works as an organization. Um, uh, but if I was to look at Excel, I think that I, as a pro, would be hesitant based on their history, right? Mm-hmm. um. Uh, and I think that it's uh, it's one of those things where Excel probably wanted to make moves that would give them the best chance of success, um, and maybe there weren't that many players that were interested. Or um, Young Buck had a plan, and I did listen to his interview with Dom, where he actually gave a lot of uh, really good insight into his logic, right? Yeah. And you can decide for yourself if you want to agree with his logic, um, but his logic was. That he believes that Dan still offers a lot of value to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he talked about how like the meta shifted away from what he wanted Dan to do, and that kind of like really hurt him. But hopefully, with the jungle changes now back to being a little bit more aggressive, You've seen over in NA, Xin Zhao and Lee are now being played and stuff. So maybe like yeah. we get to see a little bit more of an aggressive Dan, which is kind of like I think what Young Buck wanted from him. Uh, and Nuke Duck, he really valued the experience and insight that he gave because Nuke Duck. He's very good at sharing insight and knowledge with, uh, with, with his team. Yeah. Um, the thing that I will say is that I think that from a, I, I think from a fan perspective, and I get it, um, is that Nukeduck for a long time has been praised. It doesn't have any results. I don't know if you saw this Chovy conversation recently, but there was this thread on Reddit where Apto was saying that like he thinks Chovy's Chovy the is goat. the goat. The He's uncontested. He's just like the greatest mid laner in the world right now. LS like, just rolling around. <laughs> yeah, but I mean we've all seen it, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Chovy's, Chovy's insane. Chovy is insanely uh, uh, talented, but results matter. <laughs> sure. Uh, results are always going to matter. It's so, like yeah, you're good, but Faker was good and he won you're good and you haven't, right? So, yeah, yeah. uh sucks to suck, but I'm sorry. Like, Faker was on a bunch of different rosters, yeah, he well, kept winning, right? Yeah, and, it, and
0: it, there's an I, importance in, you know, there's also always going to be an amount, like, can you get on the right roster at the right time? Sure, sure, sure. Like, there's a bunch of
1: variables, and I get that. But ultimately,
0: to, winning is what matters. I'm I I, and my
1: point is that I'm not trying to, like, flame Chovy here, because I am a big Chovy stan. I think he's super talented. But I think Nukeduck has kind of, like, that, that thing where... We as casters have promoted him, right? And you're the duck. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he's also received a lot of praise from from pros, right? Yep. And you you talked about it, right? Yeah, he Perks is,
0: always used to talk Duck up about right? how good he
1: was in lane, and yeah. it's one of those things where like Duck has this long history of people giving him credit. And I and I quickly looked it up. His first team, I don't know how valid this team was, but his first team was back in 2011, 3D Max. Back in December of 2011, right, and then remember that Freeband. was it was it 2013? Yeah, 2013. Lemon Dogs. He made it to Worlds, right, and then he played Faker, the famous Swain. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember. Um, that. But he used Swain as a counterpick to ari which didn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, nuktuk if he's still playing in November, he will have been playing pro for ten years, right? So like his reputation internally. Like just goes to show how respected he is as a pro player yeah. and how talented he actually is. But his success is is very limited. I don't think he's ever won a split. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Um and and it's one of those things where it's kind of like it depends on what side of the coin you want to fall on, where it's like how much longer can you give him credit for? Cause the truth is he hasn't won anything in those ten years. He's had like solid results, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But-, but I think
0: like the or the first origin split was good and then it kind of just it went to hell very hell in a handbasket very quickly. And then he obviously um stepped away for medical reasons in the in the previous one or uh, was ultimately like replaced by Magic Felix. But I guess the only thing I guess I really wanna know about Excel, because I think new nu- people are gonna know about Nuke Duck, right? People people are either gonna they're gonna hate him or they're gonna be like, Oh, maybe this is it's finally time for Year of the Duck. One or two of those people I hope exist, because we said Year of the Duck enough Times in our life that I hope that those people exist. But I think the ultimate thing, video that I really want to know is like, is in your eyes, making, in my eyes, making playoffs is what matters to Excel, right? Just making playoffs. Is this the roster
1: that can make playoffs? I mean, just on talent alone, yeah, as the ability to make playoffs. I think the meta will also shift things. We saw Cries shifting away from just only being able to play carries to tanks. Uh, and I think the Nukeduck has a deep enough champion pool that um, they should be a lot more flexible in draft than they were with Shekelad um so i think on paper sure this roster could make playoffs but i've said the same thing about every roster that they've had so uh,
0: <laughs> i think i think they're doomed i think I the same th- thing that you have about misfits but where also, you just don't believe I, in misfits i, I was can't personally believe in Excel.
1: i was personally a big torre hater i think that he made his eighty carries worse i think that he made Kobe worse okay, and i damn. think that he made patrick worse too um uh, i don't like torre had his moments don't get me wrong but i was someone that like uh I think that he 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 held back many of his AD carries. I mean, don't get me wrong, Patrick, goaded Patrick, great ADC for sure. And like, I don't know if necessarily Denic will be an upgrade to that. Like, I can't promise because all I know is Denic is more aggressive than I think Tori was. But... but I respect your optimism because I'm not. I'm Hang not on, optimistic. I didn't say they would. I said that this roster could. Okay, that, this well,
0: roster has the ability I mean, to. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't count. Could is is great. I mean, like, <laughs> 45 players could drop dead and like. <laughs> We could suddenly have a, just a default crowned best team. I mean, I don't you know, know if mean? you like want like to talk could.
1: about, but I can tell you right now, like Astralis, I don't really believe in. Right, uh, I don't really believe in uh, SK. Uh, All right, let's give, let's move on then, because I think I, and it, I don't believe in. So then it's like Schalke XL Vitality does XL make it by default. Yeah so it's <laughs> kind of like of who, do you, who do you have less faith in Schalke oh, or XL that's a I mean? negative spin yeah but I mean the problem is our top side of the league is really stacked <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> who sucks the least <laughs> it's kind of but that's also kind of like sixth place playoffs that's kind of yeah. how it's always been you know what I mean because a lot of our bottom side teams one of their biggest issues has always been consistency and your ability to beat the other teams around you is what ultimately allows you to qualify for playoffs Yeah. so um, it, it, that, unfortunately well, that's kind of the world that they live in unless that they d- suddenly explode uh, Explode and find a meta that fits them perfectly, and then they find a load of consistency. It's hard for me to put them in the bucket of the top five. Yeah. Um, so they're always going to be that who takes the scraps kind of team, unfortunately. then that's rough. All right. Let's let's hit the other who takes the scraps team real quick in Astralis.
0: Okay. I'm sorry, Astralis. You didn't have, <laughs> you got ninth. You changed nothing. Well, Magic Felix is now the mainstay, right? Was now, well, is now the mainstay, and he did have his moments. He yeah, has moments. Um, which is cool. It's important to know they had more time to practice, but Astralis, I am, this team, I think, does not make playoffs. I think that they can prove me wrong, absolutely, and again, I think that there were great moments from individual players on the team. White Knight has a fantastic moment. Magic Felix, Zanzara was an amazing personality and did have some really fantastic games, but like, I don't know, to me, All these other teams are changing, and I think that is the best news for Astralis is all of the other teams that are around them changing their roster. I think that volatility is going to be maybe what gives Astralis a shot. But I think keeping all of your players on a ninth place roster and being like, this is the one when they had such miserable performances at the start of the split, to me is a little bit sus. But maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing. What is your what's your read on expectations for Astralis?
1: Well, I remember AOD talking in an interview about how he thought that the roster had made like significant progress throughout the split. Sure. And towards the end, he felt like that they were getting a lot, lot better. And I think we commented on that. We saw them have some pretty solid performances. Unfortunately, again, I haven't done enough prep yet before week one, but um I can't remember who they beat. I just remember that they started beating the better teams and they started having more competitive games. Um and Zanzara being a fan favorite also helped people like watch their games a little bit more. Uh but they did beat Mad. They did beat SK, right. they beat Shokka, and they beat XL. Right.
0: And uh Vitality twice.
1: So that was the thing. They 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 were kind of like on that upwards trajectory, I feel. Um but the the problem is that it's hard for me to like pound for pound i just don't think they stack up against many of the other teams that exist in our uh, league right um and i i remember promise q had some like really weak performances i remember Jessler, like he had some high moments but like that's the problem you're kind of like you're 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 reaching it's kind of what you're you're, like i don't want to just flame this team it's kind of the logic right like as a caster we don't want to put these teams in the dirt because like our job is to help elevate these players right yeah and we want to help yeah, give them a platform where we can showcase their strengths but unfortunately in competition not everyone gets to win and when it comes to Astralis unfortunately they just don't have the roster that I think individually can quite match many of the other players I think that there are some champ pool issues that you can also discuss like it's great that Zanzara has um Scana, but and I mean I'm being a little hyperbolic there because obviously I know uh, what you mean but yeah. it was one though like he had champions like i remember what was the narrative he he, he had those champions that if he had that champion he did not lose he had like a 100 yep. win rate but i can't remember what the champion was i think it was hecarim, it's hecarim. yeah, yeah hecarim. um so like there are those champions like yeah he wants that same record with as many champions as possible <laughs> ideally i, I agree <laughs> so I think, I think
0: you you summarize it nicely where it's like you you if you want to believe in this team you're you're cherry picking the best moments but then when you look at what percentage of their games were those best moments it's just it's not enough yeah right you need it to be like if it's 50 50 you can be like i believe in this team but when For it's sure. like 10 90 20 80 even 30 70 you're like you can't realistically put a ton of faith and again we could be wrong league of legends is a game with a million friggin factors even before you get into just how good are these players but i think astralis is on is on the bottom end and they opted not to change anything. We'll see. Maybe they surprise us. Rogue, on the other hand, easy team to talk about. Very easy. A lot of people felt like they should have won that final.
1: Yeah. And, uh... I mean, they had game five. It was theirs to lose, and then they threw it. That's true. They just didn't play their comp properly. I will... Yeah, we've reviewed that game a number of times, and it's just like they had the one-through-one just to play through side lanes, mm-hmm. use their globals, and then, yeah, they they had the game, but they they kept taking bad fights, And then uh, they ended up losing. I think that what I I keep saying about that is like the Mad Lions deserve to win, but I think that you could, many people looked at Rogue and sat there and thought that if this game was to play out like a hundred times, Rogue was more likely to win it. For sure. Right? And it's one of those things where like, yeah, you could make an argument that you think Rogue is a stronger team than Mad, but I don't think for any reason you can sit there and say that they deserve to win that final um, based on how they played in their game five. And I think that they're going to be really frustrated and... Whenever you look at this team, all, all I do is I feel really bad because I look at Han Summer, I look at Oduwamne, and the number of times, like... They've been so close They've been so close. Quite. Like, Han Summer was in the finals with Misfits where he got smashed. And, the, like, I rewatched the, the LCS did that great piece on the Misfits, Best Five versus SKT. Yep, yep. And you heard how, like, they, they felt like they could actually win. They could like, And I'm like, oh, man, imagine if Han Summer had had that opportunity. And, like, it's one of those things where Han Summer is the sweetest guy ever yeah. like if anyone ever has the opportunity to me he's kind of shy but he's so friendly he is such a joy to speak to um and he loves the game so much and he works incredibly hard and like once you meet him you just kind of want to see him succeed and um, i thought for him and for Odu-Amne, that this would be their opportunity to finally get it, to finally get that one trophy under their belt. Um, and then they lose it. And you can't help but feel bad for them. Well, because, and I think because they've been trying for so long. Yeah, and it's doubled up by the fact that this
0: is the first split in a long time. The G2 didn't make it to the finals, the G2 were not the expected favorites in final by default because they didn't make it there. Yeah. And, and a lot of people feel like that's uh, you know, a flash in the pan or a fish in a pan, as Kadro would say. Um, where it's just a one-split thing. And we'll see if that ends up being true, but making it to finals was already such an achievement no to wamne's career you know historically um true making it to five games in a final also an achievement for both these players because Sama got i mean he just got click clapped like most people did oh hansama like bot gapped in the
1: final remember he yeah. was he was smurfing oh yeah that's uh, true that was a rough one for karzi yeah that's why everyone was worried about the bot lane of mad going to msi right and yeah. then karzi had a great tournament and then you're like if karzi did that at msi how good is Hans, right? That, <laughs> obviously, like that's not quite what you should do. Yeah. But like you know that some fans are gonna be doing that, right? And like uh I think that you should be nothing but excited for Rogue, because Trimby's only Absolutely. now gotten more experience. Hopefully he now knows how to work better with Hans Summer. This team is clearly super talented, inspired, I think is still the best jungler in Europe. And even if the meta changes, I don't think that's gonna change for well, him. So like
0: Trimby's getting better to you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like,
1: like everything, everything is is pog. They,
0: Rogue is a front i think it's just clear to say rogue is in the expected top three rightfully so until proven otherwise i'm pog 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 for rogue very excited oh yeah good on you rogue you're exciting on the other hand back to the drama llama wow (laughs) sk gaming let's talk weird stuff's been happening here folks and of course you've probably heard about these rumors if you haven't good on you for not being on social media all the time you probably live a much healthier life than i do but i'm addicted because this stuff <laughs> is gold um this is my kardashians for the basic <laughs> of you out there uh gen x top lane treats in the jungle yep wow mvp uh rookie of the split candidate support uh blue is out this first week they've subbed in another mid laner um condolences to blue we'll talk about blue as
1: a two you know, hours that's you pronounce it two hours renato right. originally told me that it was two horse and i was like Are you sure and then he's like no i was being trolled it's two hours, two That's hours. How you're supposed to pronounce so it. they have
0: a sub mid laner for this week and potentially we don't have a lot of details it's a medical issue that has forced blue not to be a part of the roster so we'll
1: wishing wish you speedy recovery wishing you speedy recovery blue
0: um no shade to blue we'll talk about him as honestly as we can but obviously none of this just recover as quick as you can I mean, yeah. We want to see this roster in, in whatever form it was planned on Jezu, eighty carry, and the kicker.
1: <laughs> Jesus is back in support.
0: Jesus is back in support. The par- It's not a Paragon
1: anymore, it's a Jesus. This is at least the second, potentially the third time that this has happened. I feel kind of bad for him. I- so, it's one of those things where, like, I don't feel bad. I do not know what happened, but in the past, for those that don't know, Mickey was subbed out on Misfits and Jesus came in, right? And I think that a lot of people now look at this situation, they're like oh, he's just the coach that subs out his support so that he can still play in pro. I mean, right? to be fair, Which- if it happens,
0: <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Like, I feel for him because you're right, because maybe this is... Because I think second.
1: in this situation, Treats was tried to be very vocal about the fact that, like, this wasn't Jez's idea. Yeah, This yeah, is yeah. like, a team decision where we wanted him to do this. Sure, right? absolutely. Like, and if that was the case, then, like, it just, because uh, I don't, again, I don't know or remember what happened to that Mister situation, no, but it's, it's one oh. of those things like, I'm sorry, judges, but the perception right now is that, you can't help it, right? Like, just, people just look at the play. surface. You just gotta play. just gotta play. People look from the outside and they're like, okay, so you benched one support and then you played and now you're benching another, well, you're moving another support or and to play the jungle. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. As, I know as much as like context matters, like when you look at it without and How many times?
0: I mean, yeah, you can end up in the <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time once, but the second <laughs> time it starts to look a little... <laughs> right.
1: sus. little So like, I'm sorry, it just, it sucks for you right now. And the only way that you can kind of fix it is to play super well, which uh, you, is... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough because obviously, as you already said, Treats was the MVP of that roster, right? And for many of us, he was in the conversation for MVP because yeah. he ultimately is the reason why uh, SK was in playoffs, I believe anyway. He, he
0: and Gen X, Gen X rising up at the beginning of the split, it wasn't as much Gen X, but he and Gen X were like the defining playmakers on that roster. Right. And immediately it was a lot of Gnar and people got tired of like, oh, just Gen X on Gnar or whatever. But like the reason that they won so many games, plain and simple was, more often than not, Treats, some of the times Jezus, making some crazy miracle play that everyone agrees should not have been possible, whether it was a hex flash over the wall, some crazy Rail Engage, some crazy Gnar Engage, you know, and the fact that he is now learning a new role in between spring and summer, again, very short turnaround time, um, maybe, in SK's mind, they're like, oh, imagine Gen X and Treats together all the time, because he can leave Lane whenever he wants, because he doesn't have a lane, because he's a jungler. It's
1: true, it's true. Um, I mean, maybe he can also micromanage. It was something that when I've had the opportunity... I mean, I've played with Upset. Um, and when we played with him, he was like super... He micromanaged a lot of us, right? He That's our...
0: There are certain, there's a certain brand of pro players that whenever we play Flex or whatever with that you know that they're... Absolute. There's two versions. There's the pro players that just pick weird stuff and don't, don't talk care, to you yeah. and go nine one in two minutes. Wonder talon jungle. um <laughs> And then there's the pro players who want to win, so you don't play League of Legends anymore. He's playing Starcraft with voice controls. You're literally just d- micromanaged d- into oblivion. D- d- that's
1: no disrespect, to upset. I actually love playing. <laughs> oh, like <that>. it's great. <laughs> it's really fun because you 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 realize that like you end up doing all the right things, right? um But I'm just saying that like as an example, it's hard. But yeah. Treats could actually just tell Jez is like. I need you to roam with me now. Hey, yeah. we're going to go for a gank mid, or well, like we're going for a gank top. Can you push in mid and come top? Right. And like, maybe that voice is really valuable in this roster, which seems to be what a lot of the team was talking about. Like Gen X, a lot of them were very vocal on social media about how like, they believe that this gives them the best chance to make playoffs again. And so like, I can't really refute them because I don't have any evidence to suggest. Otherwise, I don't know what happened in the off season and Gen X, he said that there were troubles in the jungle. Their relationship with with Tinks wasn't good uh, and what they wanted to do wasn't working. So yeah. they, they've they made changes in the hopes of being better and I can't fault them for that. Like these are the options that he even... Uh, GenX even said they tried to get skeins. That wasn't an option for them yeah. uh, and so they couldn't do that and I'm sure that would have been the ideal. Get a uh, an experienced jungler that they they believe in uh, and then keep treats and support but... That was an option. So they did what they could. And like, yeah, it's it's difficult uh, in that transition. Uh, and all I can really do is hope for the best because I, I don't think that this roster makes playoffs. I don't think that Jez's is an upgrade to Treats in any way. And I think that while Treats is super talented, uh, I recently started playing Jungle Ude because I uh-huh. was order-filled in Jungle and I didn't want to keep playing Nocturne. And that was a very easy time. Ude Jungle is very easy. It's very straightforward. Um, you farm the camps and you go first and then you gank and also with the slightly increased gank timers now you have more time to gank right um, and if you have like basic understanding of pathing but like also that's just like the bare minimum of what you need to do on like Udi and there's right, which a is lot just, of other junglers there's a lot in the meta. <laughs> there's a lot of other junglers um, and also like Inspired and in are the type of junglers that will punish you for whatever decision you make. Oh, you gank bots? You've just lost your top side. Yeah. You don't think that's important? Well, imagine that, that when I yeah. come back again well, and again, right? So hey, I, I'm, I'm worried for treats. I think he's, he's got a stacked competition going up against him, and I'm, I'm not super confident on this roster. I understand why they've done it. The only thing we can do now is hope well, that, that, that...
0: I understand why they said they've done it. I can't say I understand 100% everything that's going on. But as someone who doesn't know, and I think we're both in this department, without all the intimate details, you can take up at face value that this is, from what they believe, the best chance they have to make playoffs. Tinks or not Tinks, Treats rather, could be a great jungler. Who knows? Could be. I think expecting him to be one right out the gate is rough. I think expecting Jezus, after so much time away from Pro, to be competitive with the top-end support pool in our league is also probably unreasonable. And again, we could be wrong, but I think SK, we'll see, I guess, is the best that you can have it. Sure and in, i'm inclined to think probably a mess until proven otherwise on paper whatever the logic is jez is subbing himself in their best player getting forced to not forced or opting into a role swap it's worked before you know the perks the old perks cap swap but that's like really we're again
1: we're grasping at straws here if yeah. bottom three is kind of like my initial expectations of this roster yeah. sorry it's gay but yeah. i think that you're gonna get pushed out all right now we get to talk about the last two. And
0: we're going to talk about these two together cuz this was the peak of League of Legends drama. <laughs> it was the weirdest off-season we have ever had. This was the defining like before we even get to any other roster changes, any other roster changes, the, these two teams were what made this off-season so weird. Right. Uh, this alone would have made this one of the craziest off-seasons of all time because Fnatic their roster is now Adam from K-Corp. Shout out K-Corp, yeah, Master Champions. Uh Whippo is now in the jungle. Niski upset Hillisang. Where is Selfmade gone? He's gone to the new vitality with SLT, Selfmade, Leader, Crownshot, and LeBron. This is nuts, Vetti. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel about all, like what immediately stands out to you about this because this is we've lived with it now for a few weeks but if you're just if you stepped away from all the lec drama just to watch uh, msi you didn't catch up on any of this this has to be a shock
1: when you're like wait a minute that guy's the fanatic jungler right so my initial thoughts of fanatic were their roster is now worse because he lost Selfmade, and self is sure. very good self-made i think some people think that he didn't have a good split but i think he did he definitely had some games where he really ran it down. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but self-made still self-made. He was still very good, uh, in my opinion, in, um, in Spring. Yep. The, the bigger Fnatic issues were more that they seemed to go for every single fight and they couldn't turn that aggression off, right? So it was more of a team issues rather than, for me, a specific self-made issue. Um, so him being gone and going to a different team I think was problematic for Fnatic. Um, yeah. That was my initial impression. However, I spoke to Yamato and he apparently said, the Bwipo is a very good jungler. Whippo also said that Buppo is a very good jungler. <laughs> so <laughs> now, again, obviously, bias is a factor. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Yamato... Like, what are you Yamato, say? He sucks? Yamato even practiced it by saying, like, I think that he's, um, he's, he's, he's... He says that he could be biased, but he thinks that he's very good. Yeah. Um, Now, I won't go into any more detail because Yamato did share with me some more stuff, but I don't want to overstep my bounds. And hopefully we can just talk to Yamato next week and we can get more insight from him. Uh, But I think that the things you have to be concerned about is how does Adam compete against many of the top laners, you could argue. There aren't that many great top laners in Europe, so the competition's not going to be that bad for Adam. And hopefully he can bring out... like He was the... The Darius guy. Yeah. Is it Progenitor? He was the guy that did it first yeah oh, i don't that's uh, i forget what the heavy-handed word, heavy word yes yeah. yeah. uh but uh, the inventor of darius top uh, but he's been a uh, a darius one trick for a very long time um and i'm not saying that he still is a one trick right see
0: bronzies
1: <laughs> darius uh, is a good chance ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um i think that adam has showcased that he's a hyper carry top laner that yeah. can work with both resources and without them at least that's what he did on k-corp and he was a joy to watch uh I love listening to the French casters. Adam, Adam. It was just, it was so good. I know. Um, You brought it up. You (laughs) frequently brought it up. You're like, why can't we just shout things? They just shout things and it's so sexy. So good. I (laughs) loved it when they went, Adam, ooh la la. It's so good. Uh, Shout out to French casters. They're amazing. That's fantastic. It's Uh, it's an amazing podcast. So yeah, to like talk about Fnatic, the big question is what have they done with their aggression, right? Ultimately, that was the biggest problem for them. They had one style that teams figured out and could punish. Schalke punished it really hard in playoffs. And now the matter is, have they been able to shift? Uh, with Selfmay not being in the jungle and Bwipo replacing him, I don't think they suddenly become less aggressive because Bwipo has only ever been an aggressive player. And Adam also likes to 1v9 if he gets champions like Olaf or Darius in the top lane, right? So does their aggression suddenly slow down? I don't think so. With Yamato still in the coaching position, I believe that that is still a um, very strong spot for them. The question is, what does that aggression now look like? And I don't know, because that was their biggest problem in summer uh, and they couldn't really deviate or shift away from that.
0: Yeah, and I think... The interesting thing will be to see again... We've talked much more to Whippo about his role stops than we have to Treats, so I'm inclined to have more faith in it. But maybe if I talk to Treats more, I would also believe in that one more. So what I'll say is I'll give the same skepticism, have to see how a player does moving into the role. I think in the uh, same way we talk about, like, Gen X Treats, wow, suddenly now a pair that gets to work together, two of the biggest factors in this team's success, we can say the same thing about Whipo
1: Hillison. Bwipo Hillie for sure. The fact
0: that both those guys get to roam now could be really good for Fnatic. And that I'll is a
1: death duo, they, if I've ever seen one. Someone
0: is dying when they yeah. rock up to your lane. I don't know
1: who it is, but
0: someone is dying. Um, and on the subject, of Adam, like we're gonna have to see, we're gonna have to see how he grows in that position. He's a
1: very young player. Obviously. I'm excited for him, though. Rookies yeah. is is always good, and uh, rookie top players in particular, the 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 hype. So I'm excited. Yeah,
0: I'll say that as as a final note, it's like just to get your gauge. Is it fair? Do you think to set higher expectations for this Fnatic roster than from what they didn't? in
1: Spain? I would keep them top five. Um, yeah I
0: think that's tough for Fnatic fans I think Fnatic fans probably want more but I think that's reasonable because it is still a rebuilding year at at the end of the day
1: I mean like fourth is definitely within their reach if you think like they lost to Schalke could they beat Schalke now yeah the the question (laughs) is the question is um, do you think that Vitality is better than um, Fnatic is which is like up to your discretion personally that the problem for me is i haven't done enough research on slt i don't know enough about this guy in the top lane i don't know what he brings to the team how he plays yet yep. so it's kind of unfair of me to just sit there and say like yes vitality is going to be better or worse than fanatic what i can say is like expectations based on the roster that they have simply with self-made and crown shot playing together again i'm excited right why would you not be right and what? i when i look at the other rosters i see no reason why that duo alone isn't good enough to put them in top five
0: yeah and the narrative switching over to vitality here um and Fnatic, we'll see we'll see what they can do we'll see if they surpass expectations the narrative that i have for vitality we got leader on standby so we'll get to the interview question uh, shortly but the, the narrative i have is, is that the revenge roster crown shot has to, <laughs> to be sk self-made has to be fanatic leader has to beat misfits none of them are going to back this up but for the first week until none of them back this up i'm going to sell this narrative like it's gold it's probably not true probably none of them care they just want to be good players but the ven this is the vengeance team I like, like it. the bees are
1: like vitality they've been stepped on for too long you know like the bees are coming back and imagine, right? And then you also get the the people that are in bench and you put Alfari, put Sven support, and it's just <laughs> And it's just it's just the angry five. It's the angst, <laughs> oh my the
0: furious five. It's, yeah. it's Kung Fu Panda, yeah. baby. They um, need a really chunky coach and we can just round the whole thing out.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 one of those things where like, how can you not be excited about this roster? Lebrov's a player that I think many people have been excited for, for a long time. He hasn't really stood out yet. I think that, he, had a, he had a few moments in a few games, but he hasn't found that consistent. Yeah, I mean they, they finished tenth, so it's hard to sit there and Again, say, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, let's look at all the highlights from Librov. Um, But like now, he's on a fresh roster. He's playing with both veterans and a rookie in the form of SLT and the return of a Leader. I know that Leader's champion pool is the biggest topic of discussion right now, uh, and Leader himself said that I'll play what champions I think make the most sense and like we're seeing viego in the meta right now i think gwen made is also very good so like maybe it's his time to shine um i don't know like all i can sit there and say is that leader self-made is probably a very strong mid jungle duo i believe that they've been playing together for a long time actually yeah. like whenever i tuned into self-made stream he was playing with leader just naturally um uh when when even when he was on fanatic last year so i think that um they are they're aggressive and they have a lot of ways to carry. The question is, what does LCLT bring? How does he fit into this dynamic? And will this team collapse? Yeah. Will, will they be able to? Because well, that—that's the other big debate, right? Like, there's a lot people, of strong yeah, personalities, people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Will—will this—will this team maintain health and uh, and a happy relationship throughout the split?
0: There's always one team that people are skeptical of, and I think based on history and rumors, and I don't know how much of validity there is to any of this, but people expect this to be the volatile team. Um, and we'll see. We'll end up seeing what happens here. Uh, but you talked about jungle mid i like talking about the jungle mid we'll learn more about slt as we get to watch more on stage but i think let's keep that trend going let's jump into an interview with leader let's see what he has to say about jungle mid about vitality about his offseason and expectations for this team and lineup welcome to the show none other than the brand new mid laner for vitality uh melee champion legend assassin connoisseur uh absolute smurf of lec in-houses for anyone who watched those before the start of the season none other than leader leader welcome how does it feel to Thank be playing you.
2: back in the uh, in the LEC, my man? Feels wonderful. Uh, I don't need to flip burgers in the ERLs <laughs> anymore, so I can a- actually like uh, improve a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you spent like I feel like it feels like your training arc. You know what I mean? Like because you had you obviously before coming in to this Vitality lineup, you had a little bit of time on Misfits. The split ultimately like fell a little bit short. You went down to Mouse. You guys dominated a bunch domestically. Um you know, had had your mixed results at, at EU Masters, sometimes good, sometimes not as good. But now you're back in the LEC. What is what is different for you this time around compared to Misfits in 2019? What's different about you as a player?
2: Mm, me as a player, uh, obviously, I think I refined myself more, uh, consistency-wise. And I worked on different areas on, uh, than uh, what I was good at, like... I communicate better and like what, what not in game you know like stuff that really doesn't show from the outside perspective but the stuff that i value personally as a player i think that's like the biggest case now i've got more experience in uh, erl as well even though it was maybe a little bit too much experience because i played like three splits uh, or something i don't know how many it was but four splits actually i played four splits in erls so i think that was like too too many but uh, that's fine uh i think i've Honestly, as troll sure as it's sounds, champion pool is uh, bigger as well, right? So even though it consists of melee champions, it's still bigger. So <laughs> it's just it easier to know what to pick in different scenarios now compared to comfort. So that's would be the biggest uh, difference, I would say.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think the... Um... I think the intangibles are super important. I think that's the kind of stuff that's really going to show in a team environment and kind of for Vitality as a whole. But just to to go into the champion pool meme, because I think that that's like, that's what you're known for, right? Like you are the melee champion assassin guy. And I think like there's nothing that says you can't be known for other stuff too. But I think that's the first thing that comes to mind when people think of you. You know, you were like, you were the solo queue master. You were like the Yasuo god. I remember like Deficio before he was a team manager showing me your highlights back in like 2017, some random YouTube channel had been like leader, the next faker, you know, like the melee nice. champion master. And you've like, you've kind of held on to that identity. So when we talk about you as a player coming into vitality, um, do you think that like, it's still reasonable for people to expect you to be the guy who will more often than not prioritize the melee champions, prioritize the assassins. Is that still who you think uh, you are as a, as a professional player?
2: I mean, I would say so, yeah. I mean, you can look at my past competitive splits even recently, like most of my champions have been Melee. But uh, it doesn't mean that uh, I will only play Melee, right? I will pick whatever I think is going to win us the game. That's uh, how it's going to be.
0: Yeah, And that's and that's and like, now I have a bigger
2: pool to choose from, from melee champions, so I can win it.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like your biggest buff is the fact that Riot Games has just kept putting out melee champions that are good? Like you can play Viego mid lane now, you can play Yone. Like since we last saw you, there's been like three to four mid laners or three to four mid lane champions that either have been buffed into relevance or are like coming back into mid lane that are melee. Do you feel like the balance yeah. team is helping you out just a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think I'm being blessed by Mark or whoever is behind it. Uh, thank you, Mark Yetter. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess I am pretty lucky with it, with the patch, especially in this split, uh, mm. compared to before. Before it was Azir Corki meta, right? Which were yeah. the overtuned champions. Now it's more like, I don't know. I would say the meta is kind of balanced. It feels like you can play anything uh, in different scenarios all the time. So, but it seems like melee champions are really strong right you can look at the PL and stuff like besides Oriana there's still things like melee champions right like uh Gwen Viego Lee Sin all of these champions so yeah I would say I'm in a really lucky spot I mean it's hype
0: to get you kicked off to get you started to have your second kind of debut back into the LEC and I'm curious for you this is um This is big. And I think a lot of times in the offseason when people see new rookie mid lane talents, you were kind of the guy on a lot of people's uh, that a lot of people were talking about essentially to come in. So sometimes when a new player would come in, they'd be like, what about leader? Where is leader? Where is leader? Why isn't leader on this team? Why isn't leader here? Like you were always the guy that felt like he was next in line to kind of come up. And now you're finally getting that that shot here again on vitality. What what was this off-season like for you? How did this communication work? Um, did this surprise you at all? Were you ready to be playing back in LEC? Did you expect this offer to kind of come through or did this take you off-guard?
2: No, uh, it didn't really take me off-guard. I was always kind of ready and prepared, you know, and I knew, like, the chance would come sooner or later. Like, uh, I think I'm good enough for LEC, right? So, but then again, I would not want to join any team. Uh, I would want to wait for the best opportunity as well on top of that even though the worst opportunities didn't even consider me as the first priority the same thing for me they, they're not even my first priority so so it's like uh, hand, in hand, hand in hand but uh, uh i think uh, this vitality offer is probably the best one i could have ever uh, the best roster i could have ever gotten throughout my whole career like uh, the last two years when you look at even uh, Fnatic in 2019 uh uh, SK and Excel offers misfits roster. Everything. I think this is the best roster I've can ever been from the chances I've gotten. So I'm really grateful for that, and I'm and I'm really happy that the, uh, I didn't get. I wasn't the first priority of the other LEC teams, and uh, they weren't my first priority.
0: That's good. Do you feel like there could have been a world where let's say you were the first priority for some of those teams that you weren't excited about that you take that offer? Are you so, are you glad now in hindsight, or do you still kind of wish you had gotten a shot sooner?
2: I mean, I obviously wish I could have gotten a shot sooner, you know, but, uh, there's no reason for me to dwell on it. Like, I feel like, uh, if there's so- something that is like going not my way all the time, like in the end it will go my way, you know, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, so. And uh this is it, you know, like this is going my way, I would say, like yeah, with the roster and uh how we've been doing and uh and everything. I don't think I would have got taken the chance in the other teams as well, uh especially with the rosters they are they presented to me when they by the time they were giving me uh, the offers, so like I'm not trying to sound arrogant or something, yeah, you know? yeah like uh, I, like uh, it's like. Me as a player, I know how good I am, but obviously to the outside perspective, like they don't see the same thing as I see, right? Uh, but then again, I don't really care about the outside perspective, what they think about me. Uh, I care more about what the top players think about me and, mm. I think, and they've uh, expressed that they have a positive, uh, uh, positive opinion on me. that's that's all that i
0: need that's true i mean that's a lot of the reason why a lot of people were surprised that you weren't around is because there are so many pro players that have um been consistently kind of talking you up as as a as a mid laner that absolutely deserves that shot and to what you're talking about like if it's always crazy to me when people aren't gonna are gonna give you crap for believing in yourself it's like how how are you gonna make it in competition if you don't believe that you have what it takes like, obviously, there's a time for being humble and recognizing your mistakes. But if you don't believe you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. So good on you for despite, you know, the public or whoever is kind of talking you down or talking you out. You know, that tenacity, that perseverance, I think, like, you know, good on you, paid off. I love to see it. The other thing I want to talk about is is this roster as a whole. I'm very excited for the roster as a whole. But I think I have to immediately talk about Jungle Mid. I have to talk about you and Self Made because I think when people see you two, as a duo on the rift, two words come to their mind: One is talented, the other is toxic. I don't think that other one matters, but I think it's funny that that's what they think um mm-hmm. but talking me about your like talking about jungle mid is this when you think about how vitality is playing, how this vitality roster wants to play, should people be looking at you and self made like are you guys going to be the kind of the core of this team
2: uh Honestly, I think it's kind of uh, what the fir- what first uh, the people would think about, right? Like uh, Selfmade, especially he's been at Worlds, he almost be top esports, you know, was unlucky, and like he kind of got kicked from Fnatic, uh, and then he joined the Vitality, right? And then uh, I'm a super controversial player, and like even though it's negative, people are still talking about me, you know. So that uh, like it-, it will obviously uh, like. Uh, some people will be like uh, attracted to it like negatively or positively and people will obviously look forward to it but uh, you can call it a core but uh, I think the, the other players as well can be a core as well you know like let's say they didn't they were, they, nobody of us had the reputation and we were only as players you know then I feel like everyone in our team could be a core like uh, mm-hmm. bot lane could be a core uh, top side could be a core anything you know so uh, but I think for sure people will still look at us as the core, yeah,
0: and I mean, we can we will see in how and how the team's performance shapes up. I think you're right that certain degree, it's like you guys have a reputation. there are expectations on your shoulder, good or bad. people want to watch you play melee champions in mid lane, right? And I think that that's always going to draw eyes. but ultimately, if you know Crown chow is popping off every game if SLT is popping off, if any of these people are popping off, yeah, I think that absolutely these are guys who can get that time in the time in the spotlight. How has um coming into this roster joining joining scrims been for you because um, while a lot of teams were at MSI how long have you guys actually been practicing leading up to the split how much time have you actually had getting ready for this first week of competition because in theory you guys could have been practicing for a long time but I have no idea how long it took to sort out the like self-made debacle how long it took to get you into the gaming house or into these scrims how much practice have you guys had
2: uh it's been little under a month i would say but uh we still had to get used to everything and we're still like five player or, like i am playing for the first time with my teammates helpman is playing for the first time with his teammates and the top lane as well uh, uh salu is uh, playing first time with his teammates as well like it's only labrov L- L- and crowny that has been playing together for a couple of uh weeks but uh i think we've like meshed well really fast together and i think we're improving really really fast we're doing good now like uh, at the start of the week like uh, strengths were getting like clearly shown but there are no breaks to so some some parts of the strengths right like what makes uh our players good like what they're making good they're just taking the good uh, things in the right moments and we are trying to do it in the right moments consistently now
0: yeah and so when you look kind of at this roster to set expectations for the fans i think vitality fans have been disappointed for a few splits now and it was easy to kind of discount some of the failures because vitality org had you know so many roster problems visa issues people you know unable to play but now it finally feels like from spring to summer they've made these big adjustments I don't know what Vitality fans want leader. I'm going to level you. I have no idea. But I imagine it's not 10th place again. So what is your expectation for this roster, for this team? Where do you, what do you see the high highs for this team? Where do you want to be with this lineup?
2: I think everyone's expectations in this team, at least, is that we make playoffs. I think uh, it's kind of doable, easily doable. But uh, personally, uh, I will always high, high uh, aim high when it's realistic and Right now, with how the meta is and how the teams are, uh, I would say regular split top two is even possible, you know, even top one is possible. So uh, I'm not going to set my expectations to that, but it's something that I wouldn't be surprised if we if it happens as well. Uh, But the expectations is like top four, kind of top five, top four, for me at least.
0: Hey. I like I like the top one. I like the top two. I respect though, hedging your bets a little bit, pulling back. I'm just I I like that you're shooting for more. I like that this team has so much ambition, and uh, I'm ready to see how you guys perform. Last question here, rounding it out. You guys have a bit of a mixed bag here in week one. Rogue definitely going to be considered a very strong opponent. Uh, obviously, Schalke a bit up in the air. Misfits were good last season. We're getting better, but I'm curious how do you feel about your week one schedule? Where what are you focused on? What do you expect for the results? I
2: think it is relatively easy schedule for week one. Like, uh, Shalke is kind of in the same boat as us, right? Like, they changed their mid-jungle, so they still need some time to mesh well together. And they, they have a rookie as well in mid lane. Uh, and then there's like Rogue, right? They're obviously good. Uh, it will be the toughest opponent and the, the, the number one uh, test that we're going to get in LEC. Uh, and then there's uh, misfits, which it's I guess, they looked fine, but it's not someone that I would be like worried about or anything. Uh, they're just there. Uh, but like realistically speaking, I think it should be a two-one. But uh, I think, like I said, it's a best of one, right? So anything can happen. It can even be a three-zero, or even a zero-three. That that would suck. But it can happen.
0: <laughs> or a one-two. Why not? Let's just let's cover yeah. every base just in case. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For the narrative enthusiasts out there. Is the leader takes revenge on Misfits storyline something we should chase at all? Do you care about Misfits? Is it going to feel any better to beat Misfits than it will to beat any other team? Or do you just like, eh?
2: No, not really, because uh, (laughs) the problem with that was uh, I liked every player in there and -hmm. now there are new players and I have no I don't harbor any feelings towards them, negative or positive. It's like they're just competition, you know, so it's just another competition, but the uh, honestly, like it just, I, I don't really care about them. That's all, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're just there for me. It's just another team. Okay.
0: I just had to check, you know, just in case, just in case we yeah. get that little like, little more juicy storyline, you know, because for sure yeah. we're going to have to talk about self versus Fnatic. I just needed to check if we needed to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, talk about leader versus misfits, crown <laughs> versus SK. You guys are the revenge lineup in my head, you know, taking shots <laughs> at everybody. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Leader, for taking the time to talk to me today, man. It's really good to, to have you back in the Night league. Us. I'm excited to see what you can do. Um, I'm excited that Melee champions game. are meta. Fingers crossed, my friend, that there is no Corky's ear, both for the viewers and, and for you. Hopefully, none of those champions <laughs> come back for a long time. But uh, otherwise, yeah, thanks so much, man, for coming on. And uh, good All luck right. in scrims leading up to this first week.
2: Thank you very much. It was fun. Have a nice
0: day. Thank you. Too thank you leader so much we'll see if it is the 3-0 the 2-1 the 1-2 or the 0-3 just to have all of our bases covered here <laughs> for the new vitality um uh, just not to let's not over let's not set to expectations too high Vedius, this week begins our super week yep it's me it's you it's cajral, it's quickshot ender's gone
1: it's medic sad. is also there
0: medic is <laughs> there i'm sorry medic i love you i don't know why i didn't say medic
1: i don't know you thought that i was quickshot's partner
0: no, maybe I'm just jealous of the Medvedy thing, and I'm just like <laughs> subconsciously writing him out so that I can I can have all the color candies. <laughs> <laughs> regardless, <laughs> sorry, medic. Um, let's talk about the first week because it's going to be a super week. It's going to be totally nuts. Um, we're kicking off with Mad versus G2, which is already going the to be rematch. The rematch. G2 has been sitting here waiting for their
1: opportunity to strike back. Mad that Lions probably has one of the best records against G2.
0: Probably teams.
1: I think Schalke yeah. is the only other one that has a pretty good record against them. Which
0: is so weird. Which by is the way. weird. How does that but happen? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but good yeah. on Shalka, though. Uh, Mad Lions have beaten them in two best of fives, which I think, when you kind of look at the, the Caps era of, of G2. Th- that no other team has beaten them twice that's in true. a best of five that's take that china send, <laughs> send the same team to finals twice rng's lucky they didn't <laughs> play against mad
0: <laughs> Isn't now right now aren't you sweating in your boots right now <laughs> all six or seven chinese teams that we're terrified <laughs> of and the rest that might also be scary but we'll never know because you're not going to make it because your league's too competitive ha. Um, <laughs> our league's a mess i'm uh, <laughs> just kidding we've got a strong top side um all I want to know, Vinny, is like, what matchups are you actually like the most excited for? What matchups do you think are going to be the most telling, the most interesting to show us the relative strength? of I mean, of teams? week
1: one is always the best because teams, like all of your predictions will be wrong. True. All of them will be because uh, teams are nowhere near as prepared as they normally should be because they isolate themselves into this little scrim meta. They have the little bubbles that they play with. But um, one team always gets it right and it's like, and we they're think they're
0: really good for two weeks what, and then there's a patch yes, change exactly. and they suck. Exactly. Yes.
1: You got it. Um, it's it's the classic, like, I'll never forget. Do you remember the Giants 5-0? Oh, when yeah. Giants and someone else who was not supposed to be good was really good. And they sat at the top of our standings and it was 5-0-4-1. And we were like, wow, Giants. this is so insane. They're so good now. And then all of a sudden everyone realized, wait, no, they just figured out the meta faster than everyone else did. And then they finished the split like 7 11. So they started at (laughs) 5 0, and then they just lost Uh, every other game. Not quite McDonald's, but
0: 7 11 will do. Yeah, it
1: was, uh, it was, it was, yeah. And that happens, right? Teams uh, who figure out the meta the fastest usually get early wins and get an advantage. Um, And because teams will only scrim certain other teams because they're little bubbles of. I don't know. Whatever. I don't f- understand their scrim yeah, culture. I mean, but mean,
0: people aren't going to scrim the people they're going to play in the first week. They'll that's try to find true. the best scrim partners possible. We've had that happen on a lot of metas past. Where like G two and Fnatic like just scrimmed each other you know and yes. it leads to weird metas Sometimes which sucks a fanatic
1: because fanatic
0: play mad and rogue in their very first week um yeah, yeah. so the generic bangers list so just top teams versus top team we got mad versus g2 day one mad versus fanatic day two and rogue versus fanatic day three so there's like there are your there are your generic quote-unquote high tier matchups and again we'll see how good fanatic are but on paper at least historically those are kind of like what you look at to be the the big crazy matchups. it's bangers. often why
1: fanatic can struggle at the beginning of the split too
0: true why? That said, I don't care about that. I'm excited to see what a new Fnatic does. Don't get me wrong. I want the weird matchups. Yeah. What are the weird ones? I'm ready for Vitality Shalka. That one I think is gonna slap. That could be good, yeah. Cause I like I want to see the 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 roster changes versus the roster changes. because like technically rogue vitality is day two. And that's also cool, but like I think unreasonable to expect Vitality to beat Rogue. But like Shalka Vitality
1: is anybody's game. I mean G2 versus Shalka too. We know. Ooh. They're in a best of one. G2 doesn't have a great track record against shalker record. Yep. Uh, so that one's going to be hype. I think that like... I'm just generally excited for the Vitality Misfits, Vitality Rogue, and then uh, Vitality Shalker Just because I want a benchmark for Vitality. You know? Like they, they, they literally get everyone. They get shalker who finished fourth last split. So in theory... They're kind of competing with Schalke for that spot in, yeah. in the in the thing. They're also going up against top team, so we can see how they do against Rogue on the top end, and they're playing against a bottom team in Misfits, right? Who, yeah. Who finished in what eighth, seventh, seventh last yeah. split? So like they kind of get to play against everyone, not the, not necessarily the best, not necessarily the worst, but they kind of get a nice mix of everyone. So I, I'm excited to see their trajectory throughout the weekend and uh, who they're playing against, and how can you not be excited to see the return of leader accompanied by self made and crown shot? So it's
0: so good it's good good.
1: it's so good okay not to hard force another storyline here
0: but you can tell i'm big on the revenge scheme theme today my banger of the week it's a hidden banger no one knows it's a banger but it's gonna slap it's excel versus strawless it is nuke duck versus (laughs) strawless one man's story of revenge again i'm just making this up i have no idea if there's any beef here i just i like i want this storyline to be true na was like we had so much random like flame tweets how far he's getting benched like our <laughs> roster changes are way more interesting than their roster changes don't get me <laughs> wrong but the amount of flame coming out of lcs is so good right now that i want our players to be like i want new to come out and be like I'm here to obliterate
1: Astralis. You get Alpha uh, uh, to the stars XL, in the ground. Excel makes the Alpha two, or like this has been in the the, the works for months. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <never> <laughs> no, my no. revenge plan against
0: Astralis oh, has been no. coming. Poor, poor Jet. there's nothing he can say that will save him from <laughs> the
1: wrath of the fans. <laughs> but he's made a great copy paster, and it's great because I've recently well, I have a bit of a history of making copy pastors for those that don't know, and That's it's just true. great when I get to copy other people. Oh, yeah, so. when it's not you being when the subject not, of the coffee
0: pasta <laughs> so that's what i'm saying i'm here for the revenge storylines even if they're not real and again until proven otherwise <laughs> when i say this player wants revenge i usually preface it by saying that i'm memeing most of these players don't
1: care i heard that Zanzara punched Duck in the face and now they will
0: <laughs> according to rumors from
1: unconfirmed sources zanzar no oh god it's so
0: easy though it's so tempting you could just Hey, guys. Whippo broke self made leg. I, that's why they're not on the same heard, team anymore. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? He got mad. He got so mad about yeah. that, bro. He said something about his Rengar.
1: Ooh, oh, my word! Yeah, it was, it was nuts, man. You can't say <sighs> that. Uh, These are you know, rumors. Rumors, of course. Rumors. Rumor, 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 unconfirmed <laughs> source. Unconfirmed <laughs> <Yeah>. source. Unconfirmed <laughs> <laughs> source. <laughs> uh, to
0: be fair, good on the rumor mongers out there. Uh, a lot of those rumors, as crazy as they were, turned out to be uh, very
1: true. They were great. All right, final one. Final match. I mean, match the, the, the Wulu one caused insane drama. You saw, I loved that whole thing. The Wooloo, yeah. I mean, I mean, shout out to the players because apparently it caused a bit of drama for them. Where it's just like Niski had to go out and be like, "I loved self made. I don't know." And it's like, Oh, the plot thickens." <laughs> uh, but
0: who? Uh, oh, and then the tinfoil hats come on. But what if he had to say that? Yeah. What if? Uh, it's great. Okay. Anyway. The period in time where we rumor monger will end. <laughs> so uh, it just ends <laughs> at Friday uh, when ready check starts. So be sure to turn in for ready check. We've got a ton of awesome games this week. You're gonna get to watch us cast the super week. Uh, we're gonna thank some- you,
1: Cadril, cast the first few, and then Medivhili for the last few. Yeah, we open, and then you guys get the back. I forget half. who gets and the first then we three and or whatever, but well, yeah, you, I don't know. We get first. You get the bangs.
0: Half, you get second half. There's five games. We'll figure out who takes the middle one. We can split halfway through the game. Maybe we can do a hot swap.
1: Of course, Ender. Not going to be with us this split. Rest in peace. Mr. I miss you,
0: He's We miss you. We miss you, Ender. Um, this has been Season 8, Episode 1 of Euphoria. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next week for more exciting... Or this weekend. We'll see you this weekend for see exciting this weekend. League of Legends
1: action. Cadell should be back next week. But Maybe. if you hate him and you want me to stay... You can start a poll. You can, you and can we'll make then, comments. We're, we're, absolutely at the whims of the public. So if you want Cade to off hashtag the show. Hashtag Vedi greater than Cade. If you've watched all the way to the end of the podcast. That's a long hashtag. But, but it's not Vedi greater than Cade. Or Mark. Vedi greater than Mark with a K. So do Mark well. with a K. It's really important that you do Mark with a K. He hates it when you do Mark with a C. <laughs> all right. That was a lot there. This has been <laughs> Season 8,
2: Episode 1. We'll see you guys next week.